Hello and welcome back to the Irish Tennis Updates podcast and welcome back to the latest episode of the College and Pro Tennis Update. As you will hear in this episode, the season is progressing really, really well. The regular season is coming to an end. We're moving into conference play, which will then lead into the the national championships next month. So here you can catch up on the last two weeks of action as we move into this next phase and we'll be back very soon to uh, catch up on on all of the conference play. So here we go. Let's catch up on the last two weeks. All right, Mark, all right. Uh, a big thanks for, for joining me again today. How are things with you? Yeah, doing good, Adam. Hope you're doing well. Um, been been a really busy time again of the year. We'll go over with some of the players, but we've we've had some players just finish up their conference championship, and we'll go into a little bit that about that later. Um, so their seasons are going to be done unless they won their conference. We've got some teams that are going to be playing this weekend or, and some players this weekend in their conference championships. And then there's some others that maybe might be the following weekend. So, so you know, kind of coming up here on the end of the year where, you know, people are going to get co- crowned conference championships and move on to the national championship or else they'll be done for the rest of, of, of the 2021 season. Okay, so it's, a, I guess, a really kind of exciting time of the season coming towards the end of the regular season and into the, the other bits and pieces. Uh, where do you want to jump in? Yeah, I, I guess we'll, we'll start with the men today. How does that sound? Perfect, let's do it. Well, okay, so yes, well, Thomas Brennan, um, they've just finished up their regular season, so that's, that's it for them, and they actually finished very strong with two wins in conference. Um, so that sets them up now for a, a quarterfinal matchup um, in the Big East tournament. That's their conference against Creighton. So we'll see how they get on along there. Thomas did move up into the number one spot in the lineup there, so good to see that. Then Oshin Shafri, another guy moving up into the one spot on his team this week. His team's record is eight and ten, and they just won their last two matches. And he's moved up, as like I said, to one of the lineup. And he he won one, lost one at one. And um, so it's great to see him at the top of the lineup to finish off the year. I think they are going into their conference uh, this weekend too as well. Sean Keane, not many more matches from him. Their team is is ultimately finished. Their conference decided to have a shortened down conference tournament. So only, I believe, the first four top teams entered into that tournament for their place in the national championship. So Coker was not one of those four teams. Um, So Sean um, did miss the last couple of matches, I think, because of being a close contact. So Matthew Saunders then, his team um, continues to do pretty good at Tiffin. Uh, 10-7 record right now at the moment. Matthew's still holding up that number six position in the lineup, and his record is four and three on the year. Uh, moving on to Mark Griffin. Mark, again, mentioned playing at NER University, Marion. Um, that team has played a ton of tennis, 16 and 10 t- overall team record. Um, Mark continues to hold down that three spot and, and continues to win at that three spot too as well. You know, first rough weekend there for, for Keane, Keane McDonald team. Um, they lost their final two matches of, of the regular season against conference opponents. Their team stands at a 10 and 6 record right now at the moment. He's 11 and 5 in singles, still a great individual record. You know, the team was picked last to finish in their conference, a very strong conference that features two nationally ranked teams and a very good team in, in Denver and Drake. Uh, they were actually picked to finish last, but they're actually 2 and 2 in their conference. So, so they'll be having their conference tournament, I believe, this weekend. So best of luck there. Uh, Mort Stender's team has come up nicely now. They were 0-4 and, and had played a bunch of the top D2 schools. They actually got a win over the number 12 team in the nation, Florida Southern. Uh, Morris has continued to play at that number 6 spot, and their team record is 3-4. and four. 
Cole Butler's Gardner Webb um, finished off the season. They were in in their conference championship. Uh, they lost in the semi-finals to Radford, so they finished up their season at an eight and twelve uh, on the year. And uh, I know that's a really young team. I think they'll be bringing back majority of the players next year for another run at it again. Uh, Christian Duffy at Stonehill College. It's been a real tough year. Um, you know their team is one and six. Uh, Christian's been playing in that one spot. He's been having a tough time holding down some wins there at the one spot, but still. Very credible to be playing at number one position. I haven't seen the, the, the Seducas brothers from Limestone College since the last time we talked. Um, their, te- their, their, their season's over. They're similar to the same conference as Coker. They did not make the conference tournament and they finished overall with a six and nine team, uh, six and nine overall team record. Fergus O'Rourke team continues to struggle a little bit there at Spring Hill College. And they actually played at Division One University last week uh, with Alabama State. Fergus has been holding in that two spot and struggled a little bit at the two spot in the last couple of matches, especially against that Division One opponent. Uh, we got Morgan Lowen and still haven't seen him in the lineup. They Iowa Iowa now finished their final regular season unless they decide to bring the team back. So they'll be going into the Big Ten Conference Championship. Their team is five and twelve. But ultimately, you know, Iowa, again, they've cut their program, so they won't be back next year unless something changes there. Haven't still seen Philip Lynch in the lineup. Hope everything's okay with him. But the Sacred Heart team is 3-8. and eight. They just lost in the NEC Conference Championships, so their season is now officially done. They won their first round and then lost in the semifinals. So they're, they're actually done for, for, for the year. Neil O'Connor um, from Coastal Carolina, teams 8-8 eight and eight on the season. And they're heading into the Sunbelt Conference Championship this weekend. And that's a very competitive conference where a lot of the teams are very, very close. And Neil has played in and out at the number six position, more in than out. So best of luck to his team this weekend. Still no sign of Charlie Barry, but an incredibly strong Tulane team. And they're 14 and six on the season. They're heading into the uh, their AAC Conference Championship this weekend. I know, I believe they've got six teams, I think, inside the top 45 in the country in Division One in the AAC. That's the American Athletic Conference. I'm familiar with that one since Memphis is a part of that conference. So it's great to see that conference being so strong this year. Um, an incredibly strong Tulane team. So hopefully Charlie can, can work away and get into that lineup next year for them. Jonathan Garcia from Merrimack. Team is three and seven on the season. Um, again, that Northeast seemed to be really struggling. They are playing the conference championship, I believe, this weekend. Uh, Jonathan's been playing number three, which, you know, um, I think in the press, he's been playing one and two a little bit. And so I think that team is getting stronger and stronger each year. The coach is doing a great job there. Finley McFadden, well, that's our first Irish player to be part of a conference winning championship team this year. So Finley is a part of the UNC Asheville. They won their conference championship. So they will be going to the national championship in a couple of weeks from now, where they will be one of the top 64 teams in the country. Finley has not played in the lineup for them. He seems like he's the next man in if somebody's not available. So congratulations to Finley and UNC Asheville. So that's it for the guys. Great stuff, great stuff. Uh, and yeah, uh, uh, well done to, to Finley and, and that school. Uh, just a question before we move on to the girls. Is, so I guess the season's kind of coming to, to finishing up for, for all these players now. Well, what, what, what do things look like? So the season ends, uh, maybe their team gets the conference or kind of gets out of it, or maybe they don't. Are there, is there any kind of other individual tennis? Or what's, how does the season kind of finish up and, and head into the summer at this point? Yeah, so there's a couple of scenarios. Like you said, if you're UNC Asheville, you win your conference. Now they're going to have 
you know, a big break in, in period of time here now between say May the 16th is the first round of of the of the national NCA tournament. So if you're a team, you're going to be basically if you finish your conference now, you're going to be maybe finished with school, but it's a great time of the year. You get to practice still, you get to be on campus still, and everything's going as, as on as normal. If you're a person who's part of a team that that lost in their conference championship, they're not going to be and um, what's called an at-large bid, so they're not one of the top teams in the country. Then you know, you, and you maybe are, are ranked singles in a singles or doubles player in Division One. Then you know you're still going to keep going. You're going to be playing in that individual national championship at the end of the team national championships. So you'll be still playing tennis um, at the end of May, right? Because um, I think the end of end of year NCAA championship finals is May the 28th. So like you already see, is some people if you're having success, you might be playing tennis till May the 28th. Other people might be done on April the 20th. So uh, sometimes the teams that are having success will play an extra five weeks worth of season uh, of, of college tennis during the season, you know? Yeah, okay, that, that, that's interesting to hear. So I guess there will be will be uh, a lot, lot of kind of more action going on over the next while, but but less than, than there has been to this point, maybe. Um, so I guess this as, is, yeah. This leads up into a big week now. So all the majority of conference championships are going to be this weekend. So it'll be starting on a Thursday, Friday, maybe. And then the finals will be either Saturday and Sunday. And and again, it's, it's a knockout tournament based off how you did in the regular season. They'll seed you according to that is. And, and then basically you play a quarters or a semis to begin with and then a finals. Uh, and then ultimately, yeah, that's when if you win it, you get the big trophy, you get a ring. You know, you often hear people talk about rings when they get when they win championships. You know, those are the sort of things that happen once once you win a championship. Yeah. OK, so it, it's some exciting times, I guess, an exciting point of the season coming up. Uh, and to move on to the the girls, uh, what's the action, I guess, to start with the West? Uh, what's the updates there? Yeah, so actually um, a little bit less action in the West in the last two weeks. Uh, the Olida Twins have played a very little tennis, probably one, I think, match. They lost a, a bit of a heartbreaker 4-3 to a, um, a Weber State. You know, Lola continues to really impress, has had a fantastic year. She's actually moved to five in the singles lineup there. And she's 10 and three in singles and 10 and three in doubles. So an incredible first year for her. Lola, uh, Saul, her sister, continues to play four. They actually play that match again with Shauna Casey this weekend um, against Sac State. So Sac State have not played at all since, um, sorry, I should say Sacramento State. Um, they have not played a match in about three weeks. So it's been really, really quiet for Shauna and her next match will be against the Twins. I don't think there'll be a match up there because Shauna has been sometimes playing four, five and six. Um, but I think she maybe will we'll see if she ends up playing one of the twins. It'll be interesting. Zara Ryan, as they've played a little bit, they actually played uh, Shauna Heffernan's Boise State. Boise State taking that win 4-1. Zara and Shauna's match actually were the two matches that weren't ended up finishing. Both girls were actually in position to win those matches for, uh, for either team. Um, Shauna did win her doubles that day. And ultimately, uh, Zara also has been winning again a, a reasonable amount at that number two spot. So they just their last match was a 4-3 battle over winning against Nevada. Zara's record is an overall 10-5 and five right now at the moment. So well done, Zara. Um, and then again, we talked about Shauna for Boise State. Her uh, overall record for their team is 11-5. and five. Shauna is 6-4 and four in singles and a really impressive 11-5 in doubles at number one position. She's done a fantastic job at that number one spot as a freshman. Uh, you know, maybe in the future there, that could be a, looking like a ranked doubles team maybe next year to begin the season. 
they're just coming off a really narrow, tough loss to Fresno State, and they'll be going to the conference uh, this weekend now. Their conference is very, very competitive. Mountain West Conference, all the teams are very close, um, so it'll be interesting to see who's the favourite for that one. Sophia Durvin, great to see her back in the lineup. They had a great win over Utah this weekend, or last weekend, I should say, 4-3. Sophia was back in the lineup. She actually won a match 7-6 in, uh, in the third set to win the team match. So that was great. And uh, previous to that, they played the two Arizona teams, Arizona, Arizona State, had losses there. So great to see uh, Sophia back in that lineup again. She did not play against those Arizona teams. So that Utah match is the first time she's been back. Again, we talked about Shauna Hasey at Sacramento State, taking a little bit of a break. Cara Courtney's San Francisco, having a good year too as well, 10 and 6 team record. They did lose the last two matches against a very good, always San Diego team and Gonzaga. Cara's continued to play at that sixth position in singles and one in doubles, and it's been kind of up and down. Um, I think she's just making the best of this year, considering all the adversity that she's gone through. Um, then moving on into the South, yeah, yeah. Georgia Drummy, uh, Duke. So overall team record of, of 14 and five. Um, great to see Georgia. Actually, her national ranking last time we spoke had dropped a little bit. It's back up again. She's ranked 43 nationally in, in, in singles and 56 in doubles. And she just had a good win over the number 49 ranked player. So that should hopefully be enough to put her in that individual singles championship. So, for example, someone like a Georgia Drummy on May the 16th, she'll be starting the team national championships. Even if they don't win their conference, they'll be on a large bid. And so she'll be playing that team individual championships. And if then she's able to then qualify all the way through the team championships at around a 16, they go to the USTA National Center in Orlando and they pay basically the Sweet 16 there. And um, after that, then what will happen is uh, once the team competition is over, they'll start the NCA singles and doubles individual championships. So if her rankings stay the same for singles, she's definitely in. In doubles, she'll have to improve on that ranking to get an at-large bid. So um, she'll be hopefully playing tennis right up until the end of May. Mm. Uh, and then the, the equivalent of this is Jessica Lehman. Jessica, Presbyterian, they just played their conference championship last weekend. They had a tough loss, 4-3, really tight one against Radford. Jessica played three in the lineup. They finished their season. So because they lost in their conference, they're now officially done. And their record on the year was 5-13. and 13. So a difficult year there for Presbyterian. But I think overall, Jessica finished off really strong. Um, Ali O'D continues to get better and better as the year goes along. So she actually was conference player of the week, not this week, but the previous week for doubles. So well done, well done, congratulations to Ali there. And she's actually moved up to the five single spot. Their team, again, is at a 16-4 and four team record. They play in the CAA, which is the Colonial Athletic Association Conference. This conference is, again, is a very competitive conference. And Elon will be right up there with those teams to be able to maybe hopefully win a conference championship and send her to the national championship. Um, Anna Gotel at Rice, team again, great season, 14-5. and five. They're going to be right there with a large bid to the NCAA tournament. So even if they don't win their conference, which is the Conference USA, Anna is still 13-5 and five in singles in her record. And she's been playing a lot of her matches recently now at the number five spot again. Yeah, yeah. It's good to hear even there just the kind of the how, how different things are for, for different teams. Like you know, certain teams will, will maybe be in a, in a specific conference and, and have kind of one lineup of, of matches and it can be very different for someone in a different school so like the, the variation there can be there is interesting and also the the ranking like how much of a jump you can see in the rankings kind of week to week 
is an interesting point as well. Obviously, you mentioned Georgia's rankings. It's kind of a, an, an interesting point on, on that as well. Yeah, that's definitely. The rank, those rankings are continuously moving each week very much based off if you have a big win or, a, or somebody else has a big win that you maybe beat, it really just jolts you up, you know. And then again, look, you see the difference. You know, Georgia Drummond is probably going to play five or six more weeks extra tennis this, this year in, in college than a Jessica Lehman. So it is important. The more, the, the more success you have as a team, as an individual, the more tennis you're going to be playing. Yeah, and I guess maybe to move on now to, to look at the Northeast and the Midwest, what, what, what's the action for, for those schools? Yeah, so let's start with Emily O'Donovan um, at Seton Hall. And, and again, that Northeast, we talked about all year long, having such a tricky time. They've managed to get in eight matches. They're one and seven, and Emily's still playing in that five spot. Um, I did see a couple of the, of the lineups there this week for them. They really struggled. I don't think they were able to field six players because of obviously maybe something to do with close contacts with, with COVID, but it's been a very tricky season, but at least they've gotten to play some, some matches. Um, I did see a nice picture online of, of them celebrating their, their senior year, senior year you know, photos and, and, and senior day is, is a special day in America. They honor the seniors that won't be coming back the following year. And, and you know, it's usually a very special day out for, for those players. So um, at least they've gotten to finish those seniors strong, which they didn't get to do last year because of COVID and the season stopping. Haven't seen Ellie Murphy for Iowa State in the lineup. There's 12 and six currently right now at the moment. And they last, they've lost their last two conference matches. But again, that conference tournament is going to be this weekend, I believe. Um, very, very competitive conference, the Big 12. One of the toughest conferences in, 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 in the whole of college tennis. Kira O'Toole, again, from Sacred Heart. Fantastic. Seems like, again, she's found herself a great new spot. Uh, the team's record is now five and six. And they're four and two in conference, which in their regular season, they've lost their fourth three in their last two matches. Uh, Kira was able to win one of those two singles matches in her, in those tough four, three losses. But it's great to see them being competitive and, and, and hopefully they're competitive in their conference um, this weekend or next weekend. I'm not too sure about that one. Julie Byrne uh, actually had a tough week. They lost two, four, three battles at Northwestern to two conference, very good conference teams, Illinois and Michigan, I believe. Um, Julie had been winning her doubles but had struggled in that single spot the number two position in those two matches those were two four three battles but still again they'll be in at large bit into the NCAA team tournament regardless if they win their conference and so they'll start their conference championship this weekend and um, I believe they're one of the top seeds I haven't seen Jenny Timmonton Michigan State in the lineup you know that's a good again another very competitive conference I'm not sure exactly what their ranking will be going into the conference but um, I know they're going to be one of the um of the seeds at, at uh, close close to the bottom because of their record. And um, so, you know, for example, that sort of conference, because there's a lot of teams in it, they might actually even be playing a round of 16 conference match where they've got to qualify to get into the quarterfinals. So it's, it's, it's I think there's 12 or 13 teams in the female side on that draw. Yeah. Lucy Octave, great to see her back in the lineup. So she's actually, the team is having a phenomenal year. They're the number one seed in their conference tournament going into it. So they have a real legit chance of going to the NCAA tournament this year. It's great to see her back. She's in the five, playing that five singles and winning and three doubles and, and winning. So I'm, I can only think that, you know, it's been a tough year for her, maybe with something to do with injuries or something like that. And now she's getting uh, back into the swing of things as well. It's great to see another person back in the lineup. Laura Fitzgerald playing back at the number six in the lineup again in singles. And they've actually have gone undefeated in their conference play, winning their last three matches. And their record is 17 and seven. So they're going into their conference with a legit chance of winning their conference too as well. So best of luck to them. 
We've got can move on to Division Two and NAIA if we want, Adam. Yeah, and just a, a quick question before you do. So, in terms of conference championships, it's only the winner that then progresses to NCA, or is, is it possibly like two teams or something like that? So, if you're in a really, really strong conference um, and you don't win your conference again, you'll be considered an, a large bid into the NCA tournament. So, I forget exactly how many conferences are in Division One. I think there's somewhere between 22 and 24. So, typically, you're looking at you know there's about 43, 44, 45. Uh, at large bids. So, for example, you know, some of the strongest teams might be sending eight or nine teams to the comp, uh, to the to the NCA championship first rounds because and um, those teams are ranked inside the top 42 teams in the country. Yeah. So, so yeah, so absolutely, you can have multiple conference teams, and obviously, then some of the the weaker conferences they're sending their only their national uh, sorry their conference champion then because they all every conference get an automatic bid into the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting one. Uh, and I guess, yeah, to move on to uh, Division Two and NAIA, uh, what has been going on there? Yeah, so this has been um, a little bit of an unfortunate one. The McCulloch Twins, um, they had a tough loss in the semifinals of their conference, uh, but I didn't see Annie in that conference semifinals, um, which would have been her last match of the year representing her Tusculum University. So I can only think that something must have happened again, something with close contacts or, you know, not being able to play her final year. So really tough and I'm really sorry because um, it's not the way you'd want to go out. And they had a very competitive team all year. Emer Mars team, and Emer's doing great. She's, their team record is eight and six. They're four and six in record in their regular season conference. They're, I think their conference championship happens this weekend. Emer's actually even moved up to the number one single spot in the lineup. And uh, she's you know struggled a little bit after moving up to the number one spot. Um, but still, her overall record is, is seven and seven in singles and 10 and two in doubles. So a great start for her at, at Barton College and best of luck to them. Incredible. Again, we talk about NAI having so many opportunities by so many matches. Emily Connolly's Indiana Wesleyan, a 31-4 and four record. So this is what's incredible, Adam. Seton Hall have played eight matches. Emily Connolly's Indiana Wesleyan have played 35 matches. So, um, you know, they've actually moved up to number four in the nation nationally. And they had a great win against the number three in the nation, Emily winning her match. Uh, which clinched it, I believe, at the number six single spot. And uh, so that was great for her. And uh, she's been playing predominantly at the number three doubles too as well position. So um, well done, Emily. And then we can talk about the coaches too as well because there's a real interesting one here too as well, Adam. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, so Derek Lavin, again, congratulations. Their team is actually on a pretty good run right now. They're right on the basically what they call the bubble. So their team is right in the in the, in in that forties range. So you know that's a team who's going to have a really tough time winning their conference because some of the best teams in their conference are the number one and two or three teams in the country. Okay, so but they're in the forties, so they're in the bubble. So if they got one more good win in their conference tournament, they don't have to win the conference tournament. But if they get one good win, they'll vault themselves hopefully into the NCA as an at-large team. So so best of luck to Darren his first year and uh, making the NCA tournament. And a really interesting one here is Peter Wright's. Cal Berkeley, they have not played anymore. And I do not see them down to play in the Pac-12 tournament. It seems like they might have just decided that the season's over for them and that they're going to uh, boy, uh, they're, they're just going to not take part in the, in the conference tournament. So the Pac-12 has definitely been impacted this year. A lot of the traditionally the Pac-12 teams would have been inside the top 40. A few of them are still in there, but a lot of them have struggled to play enough matches to get the rankings up into the top 40. 
And that's something that, the, that, that, that is at the discretion of them picking the best top 64 teams. If some team doesn't have enough wins on record because they didn't play enough matches, they can take that into consideration when they're picking the at-large bids. And Peter Fleming's Montana, again, where Oshin is, is their team's eight and 10. And we went over that. They've just won their last two matches. And they actually got their last match cancelled with COVID too as well. So well done, Peter, on your first year as being a volunteer coach at Montana. Great stuff. Uh, and obviously, as you said there, the in especially for, for Emily and Indiana getting the all those matches, it, it's, it's great to see that and, and see so much uh, action throughout the year. Well, I was going to say, and, and this is my fault on this one, because I, I've missed on this one the whole year, but this one caught me off guard. So um, former Texas Tech student athlete Bjorn Thompson who's played Davis Cup first I did not realize but he came back for his senior year and uh, for his extra fifth year and is now playing with the Texas A&M and he's having a great year especially in doubles the last time I checked his doubles ranking I think was top 10 in the country in doubles so well done uh, Bjorn Thompson and I apologize profusely for, for missing you these last couple of weeks and he's been playing a little bit in and out of the lineup at number six in singles Bjorn is, 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 is one of those guys who's, who's had a lot of battles with a lot of injuries um, and is an incredible athlete. And I know he's, he's represented Ireland very well in Davis Cup. So, so well done to you, Bjorn. And, and apologize if you're listening to this, that I, I've missed you these last couple of weeks. Okay, that's a good one. And, and good that he's, he's getting on very well, and, and uh, especially in the doubles, as you say. Um, I'll just come on for fly through a couple of updates on, on the pro side. Um, there's been um, a quite quite a bit of action the last couple of weeks. Uh, Oscar O'Hushin, Dan O'Neill, Kean McGuire, Dorian Koss, Amar Elamine, uh, Preston Connor, Carola Bedinara, all, all playing uh, futures, kind of qualifying action over the last couple of weeks. And I guess the highlight there was Carola reaching a, a round of 16 in, in Tunisia and also a double semi-final uh, the following week. So some good success for Carola. And also some action for Celine Simoniou, again, in uh, this time playing a grade three ITF junior event uh, in Tunisia. Uh, she reached the semifinals and singles and the doubles quarterfinal. And just a, an interesting point in that tournament, they were using uh, fast four scoring for the last few rounds of the, wow. the competition. So I don't know if that was to do with a, a kind of scheduling issue. I think it was a bit of delays kind of early in the week. Maybe there was uh, weather issues or something like that. But uh, the last few rounds, uh, she was playing uh, fast four sets so an interesting one to see there but but good to see some some good success for for Celine there so yeah that, that's pretty much all the updates there yeah that's fantastic to see her taking that next step into the, the group trees and mm. and having some success there that'll really boost her ITF junior ranking so well done yeah and Celine uh, back in action this week in in Spain so so keeping it going so all the best uh, best of luck to Celine for this week as well great a big thanks again to Mark Finnegan for his time for the updates. And thank you for listening to this episode. If you did enjoy it, please do consider sharing it around so that we can get the word to as many people about all of the great tennis action that is going on at the moment. Until next time, I've been Adam and goodbye.